This is Owen Tinder Jones. I'm Owen Vaughan Williams. This is Tash Harden. And you are listening to the Owen Tinder Podcast. Hello and welcome to another Coleman Had a Dream mini-series podcast. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. I'm uh, here with Ruth as ever. Hello, Ruth. Hi. You all right? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. I love that we're pretending that this is a new recording session. Um, so, Well, I'm not sure I actually asked you if you were all right last <laughs> one. <laughs> well, I'm fine, thank you. Uh, we've decided that we've sort of run out of favourite things to say, uh, or memorable things, as I'm being bullied into saying. Um, so we are going to do a little variant. Thank you for, to Dave Frankham for the suggestion. We are going to try and create a set of our favorite players so for a defender a midfielder and an attacker we are trying to create that by looking for the best header of the ball the best kind of brain or nous right foot left foot and then kind of pace slash energy and engine and we've done this on players of our lifetime which is obviously as as regular uh, no, no 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 don't date me even more than i am i've actually gone outside of my lifetime <laughs> don't make me sound even older than i am <laughs> I, I mean some of the things you've been coming up with in the last few weeks ruth have been have been fairly far down memory lane so uh, i don't think i'm aging you i think i think you're doing a perfectly good job all by yourself <laughs> um we will start with the header of the ball. Before we start recording, Ruth said, this is my weirdest choice. So I'm very excited to find out uh, who you think the best header of a ball is uh, for a defender. Okay, so, well, I've, I should have gone for someone like Matt Hummels or Vidic, I feel, in terms of players that genuinely they're kind of play was built on being a good header of the ball. Um, Jerome Boateng maybe to a lesser extent. But I think if I was going down that sort of more uh, literal line, I I might have chosen Mats Hummels, I think, for this particular attribute. Um, I think he is, yeah, just just so strong in as an aerial defender. But I've actually chosen... Daniel Passarella, who was captain of the Argentinian team that won in the 78 World Cup. And this is mostly a kind of, um, this this is my indulgent pick, I think, (laughs) Um, because the, the 78 World Cup is the first World Cup I really remember watching. I have kind of recollections of the 74 games but I couldn't actually tell you much about them whereas 78 we watched and with it being in Argentina the time zone difference wasn't too bad yet it felt so exotic and so far away and just amazing that this football was happening literally the other side side of the world Um, and what I remember about the Argentinians particularly by the time you got to the the final was I think everybody wanted the Dutch to win. There was there was something kind of feel good about wanting the the Dutch to win. Um, and I remember looking at the teams as they were lining up, and you know how the camera kind of pans across uh, across the lineup and the and the referees in the middle, and and the Argentinians looked tiny. I mean, <laughs> genuinely tiny. The referee and the linesman were taller than them. <laughs> their their goalkeeper was 
five foot eleven and a half, and I think they're cheating with that measurement, <laughs> you know. Um, and and that kind of like seven eight year old in me was like, I want the little guys to win, you know. <laughs> I don't want the little guys to win. And Passarella was the absolute epitome of this. He was f- five foot eight at most. Um, he's officially down at one hundred and seventy three centimeters. So. And he's their central defender and he's their captain and he's everything that's embodied in that kind of reckless South American (laughs) style style of play. Um, I mean, as he went later into his career and he was playing in Italy, the the kind of long Latino curly hair came. But at this point, he actually looked sort of quite dapper and and (laughs) organised, relatively speaking. He didn't hit all of the cliches. But there there was just something about his presence on the ball, this tiny little domineering figure. Um, And the reason I've put him in the header category, because I just wanted to include him somewhere, the reason I've put him in the header category is that Maradona, of all people, actually described him as the best header of the ball he'd ever seen. And I thought, well, that's okay. That's recommendation enough <laughs> for me. If you know, if you're five foot eight and you're described as the best header of the ball by Maradona, then you've got to have something about you. Um, Obviously, he's more known for his kind of forward-going prowess. You know, until um, Kuman came along, he had the, uh, Passarella had the most goals scored by a a defensive player in the the top leagues. And obviously, Kuman overtook him. And like Kuman, most of those are a combination of of penalties and some free kicks and things. Um, I was actually looking for a, a, a video clip to share and I couldn't find anywhere Passarella was doing anything defensively. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> about all right. Att- it's all attacking play. Um, so, like I said, this is definitely my uh, my out of the box choice. Um, and you know, he had his failings. He went on to to manage both Argentina and for a short period Uruguay and he had fallings out with players uh Redondo Canigia ultimately wouldn't play for him um because he was sort of imposing um imposing kind of social norms on the players that they they were objecting to so he he perhaps didn't round out his career certainly from a managerial point the way one might have hoped but you know to go to go from the kind of that wild that was the South American play and end up playing for Fiorentina and, and Inter Milan in the late 70s, 80s when Italian defenders were in their pomp, yeah. really. And then and then be thought and then make the Fiorentina all-time 11 team at you know at the turn of the century when people were all doing that. So so that's why I ended up with Daniel Passarella on on my list, because I just love the fact that someone is that size and couldn't have been as domineering on the field as he was. I mean, I don't know who I thought you were going to say, but I didn't think you were going to say that. Um, I also <laughs> did for a split second think that when you said, when I heard you say Daniel, that you were going to say Gabadon, uh, which would have, <laughs> as much as I loved Gab, so I'm not sure I'd put him as the best header of a ball I've ever seen. Um, I've kind of gone a similar-ish way to you in that I've thought about players who are kind of dogged and aggressive and, uh, you know, it may not necessarily be their kind of 
their best feature, but the, one of the things that I remember them for. And I kind of went around and about with a few, like Stuart Pearce, like he played for Newcastle at the at the end of his career and he definitely wasn't the same, but he did not lose anything in the air. And he was just such a, like a, a, a bulldog type of a player. And I, I admired him for that so much. Um, Vidic was one of the people I thought about. I, I, I remember he had such a great partnership with Rio Ferdinand in that kind of domineering team um, in the 2000s. And I kind of, I also thought about Virgil van Dijk. I, I, I hate Liverpool, so I, I stopped myself from doing it and I didn't want to fall into the trap of just because he's had a good couple of years. But he is phenomenal in the air. Like he's so strong and scores goals with his head and very rarely is beaten to the ball in the air. I also, just for fun, thought about doing Alan Shearer just because he was a phenomenal <laughs> defender when he needed to be and was great in the air. But I thought that's that's a bit one-eyed even for me. In the end, again, I, I'm doing mine from my lifetime. So I've gone for Sergio Ramos, which I appreciate may be a little bit controversial. But I, again, the, the thing I admire about Stuart Pearce is sort of the thing I admire about Sergio Ramos. He's a leader. He must be a nightmare to play against. And he has scored so many important goals with his head, like the the Champions League equaliser against Atletico being a good example of that. He's, um, you know, he dominates people. And, 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 I, and I think he's quite old-fashioned in that sense. And again, I, I was kind of, I wanted to get him in there just because I admire his style of play. And he is a very, very good header of the ball. Um, and I think I admire his kind of imposing physicality on on, on the opposition. Yeah, I think both the players we've highlighted kind of excel in the dark arts type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Passarella, Passarella was renowned for using his elbows. Um, and Ramos has got a whole kind of um, storyboard of, of dark art proficiency, hasn't he? He's got a real back catalogue, you know, a real, a real, selection, yeah. <laughs> a, a real, a real selection of B-sides. Um, to move on to the uh, brain and mouse section, um, I... I think this section might be quite short because I think we're either going to say the same thing or I'm confident I know what you're going to say. For me, it's got to be pa- <laughs> it's got to be Paolo Maldini. I like I don't really have much to say. He's he was just I think the best defender I have ever seen, and his the way he read the game, his awareness of what was going on around him. Um, his ability to kind of predict what was going to happen, react to it and be right and then deal with a situation that emerged from it. Um, he was never, he wasn't slow, but he certainly wasn't the fastest. So he kind of always had to be that one step ahead, I thought. And he was just so, so good at doing that. And for me, in terms of brain and nous, he's the, he's the best defender I've ever seen. Okay, I've actually chosen Maldini in a different category. Excellent. Um because I don't think either of us were ever going to leave him out of this list. No. In, in fact, I, we, we actually talked about like just let's just clone Maldini. Yeah. We'll, we'll, have, we'll, have, we'll just a have th- him. a thirty-second um, podcast, but yeah. <laughs> um, I actually went for Beresi in this category, Franco Beresi in this category. Um, I think his ability to read a game is amazing. I think he was. Um, he definitely was a coach on the field. It wasn't just the captain, he was the coach on the field. And I and yet he did it without being kind of verbose and terribly verbal and like an in-your-face kind of defender, which is quite an Italian as well, isn't it? Um, 
he very much kind of led by example in terms of what he was expecting from the players around him. Um, ferocious in the tackle, but I think I think his biggest attribute attribute that I admired the most was his timing. He was so seldom. Um, so I think one of the keys to being a good defender is that you barely notice them. Like they don't have to do last minute tackles because they've read the game and they've they've cut off the ball or they've you know they've reduced the space of the defender and and so you're not actually you don't actually see what they do. Um, and that whole sort of um, liberal type position. I mean, people might go back and look at Beckenbauer and say that he was, you know, he was the first, I would argue that anyway. Um, but I think Beckenbauer was a better sweeper, a better offensive sweeper. I, I think if you're look, looking at it defensively, I think Beresi was better. Uh, the other people that I considered were um, Figueroa, the Chilean player, yeah. um, who was his ability to launch counterattacks was incredible. So I think again I took him off the list because I felt that I needed the a defensive focus here, particularly as I'd gone with Pastorella in the previous category. Um, the one I came closest to choosing over Baresi was actually um, Gaetano Shirea. And his play with Juventus was just so elegant. And uh, I looked up what uh, Libero means, actually. I was interested in what the Italian origin of the word was, because it's, it's kind of come into use more, um, more and more. And it, it actually comes from mechanism that controls a door bolt so like the inner workings of a door bolt and the idea of it being what controls the opening and closing of a door bolt and i thought that's just a great word that is, for this, that's the for this most position. italian thing i've ever heard in my life yeah exactly um so i thought this is just perfect and i think um Shreya was very underrated for his ability to do that and I, that's that's why for me he came close to pipping Baresi on this list but I think it was a, a another situation where I couldn't imagine going down this list and not having Franco Baresi on the list. No that, that's fair. Um, for energy and pace I was back and forth like Cafu was the kind of obvious answer because in that Milan team of which there is another is another person who figures <laughs> further down my list um they kind of were so so effect he was sorry was so so effective and he I think was the one of the first if not the first in that type of modern fullback who got up and down and um who kind of never stopped and was was as great I thought was a great attacking fullback but I, I don't think he was that great of a defensive fullback I mean he wasn't bad obviously he can't have been to have played in that Milan team but I don't think he was that good a defensive fullback relatively speaking um, but it was obviously his energy that I admired and, and why he's in this category but for me which I think might come as a bit of a surprise I went for in the end Ashley Cole because there was a spell where he was 
to me, unquestionably the best left back in the world. Um, but the thing that made him so effective was he was so good going forward. But defensively, he very rarely seemed to be out of position. I think that's because of his pace and his energy and how often he could get up and down and constantly cause trouble. Um, and that defensive solidity, I think a lot of it, as I say, was based on his pace. So that's for me why I went for him over Cafu, it just in that sense of the of the energy and pace rather than him bit I'm not suggesting he's a better player than Cafu but just in that energy and pace sort of area he had an unbelievable engine on him and that that made him a better defender for me okay so I, I can't disagree I I put emphasis on engine in this category I think rather than a sort of um sprinter pace as it were uh, so this is actually the category I put Maldini in partly because of his longevity and you know you you pay 24 years for AC Milan you know there's got you've got you've got to be doing something yeah, right physically decent, yeah. to, to, to to do that and and I think if you combine that with his kind of elegance and composure and stamina and yet still be able to sprint forward and contribute to the offense um, that's why I slotted Maldini in in this. Well, he was he was not 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 going to make my list, um, and I th- I think it's it's his longevity and his ability to be such an exceptional player for so long um, is is why I've put him into into this grouping. No, I, I think that's you know he was always going to feature in both of us. I think yeah. or, or in anyone's. <laughs> um, but that is uh, that's very fair, and he is just um, I could talk about him all day. Um, to continue my uh, my AC Milan theme, um, for my right-footed player, I've gone for Alessandro Nesta. He was mm-hmm. he was one of the first players I think I can remember where he would his passing wasn't functional. I, like football at the, at the start of the early 2000s defenders were still functional players they would they would have to clear the ball and get rid of it and make sensible decisions not kind of footballing decisions and that style of defender I don't think existed too often especially in Italian football and until he came along he was one of the first for me that I can remember and I'm not suggesting he was the first ever but in my memory of that sort of player who could bring the ball out wasn't afraid to take an extra touch and you know knew where everyone was all around him would be more than happy to keep the ball and and the way he stroked the ball around a football pitch was so so impressive um I mean he was close to being as as complete a defender as you could get in my opinion but in terms of what he could do with his with his feet is something that not many defenders still do and I, I, I did at the time sorry so as a consequence for me that's why he was he was my obvious choice for a right-footed uh, defender can't disagree with that he made, he made my list as as well i um i thought about um Lillian Taram for this particular category yeah me too i thought about philip lam um, but I actually went for Cafu in, in this position. I felt like he was one of the few players, and it, it's a bit of a cliche for Brazil, but I think he embodied it, that always looked like he was having so much fun playing <laughs> football. And you just, you kind of, I think you lose that sometimes, don't you? The people are so damn professional that 
that like the privilege of playing football gets kind of lost and i yeah. i felt like he always re- he always retained that and i just loved loved watching him you know you 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 have a international career for for brazil that lasts 16 years and you think you think how much choice they must have for a, 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 a right wing back and yeah he you know so that's I think that's what I enjoyed most about him. He, he obviously his pace, um, his his distribution, all of that was brilliant. But I, I think he tips the scale for me because he just looked like he was enjoying himself. That is a great yeah. reason, uh, which, is, which is ironically the reason I've gone for the left-footed. Uh, player that I have and I know it's ridiculous don't tweet me and tell me I'm wrong I don't care about your opinion um I I did um an hour about Roberto Carlos almost solely for the goal he scored in Le Tournoi and like he was so that like that left foot was a genuine wand and he was he basically played wherever he was want he was another one who was in my um kind of engine pace conversation as well I say mm-hmm. conversation thought that I had to myself um <laughs> but in the end and again don't send me any messages on Twitter. I don't care. I have gone for <laughs> Philippe Albert, which I know is ridiculous, but you talk <laughs> about players who enjoy playing the game. That bloke constantly had a smile on his face. Um, he he was a defender, but who didn't really defend. He just kind of did what he wanted, but he was so good with the ball that it was fine. Um, and if you can chip Peter Schmeichel the best goalkeeper in the world at the time um, with your left foot from about 35 yards, I I reckon you've probably got a decent left peg on you. So for that reason, I have gone for Philippe Albert. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Well, I also had sort of uh, Roberto Carlos on my consideration list. I don't think Albert even even made my thinking. I have to be honest. Shame on you. I had um, Camacho on there as a possibility because I like his doggedness. Um, I had Andreas Bremer as a in contention as well as one point. I like his. Um, I think he was an exceptional talent, even by the talents that Germany had at the time. Yeah. Um, but I actually went for someone you might never have heard of, which is Nilton Santos. Who uh, is a Brazilian player? You are correct. I've never the heard 19, of him. <laughs> in the ninety in the nineteen fifties, um, he basically. To, I, I think you would find it difficult to argue, but he basically invented attacking wing back play. He was the first to, among that within that Brazilian framework. Of course, historically, most teams played with a couple of centre backs, a few kind of defensive midfielders and and four or five notional attackers at the period there was very much like this 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 five of us are defending <laughs> these five are attacking and you know stay in your holes and just live with it um whereas the the brazilians particularly going into the 58 world cup and obviously it worked for them went to what you might think of as a more of a sort of 424 scenario um and Nilton Santos on one side and Jaime Santos, they're no relations, interesting, on the other side became their kind of driving force wing backs. And so he's, he makes my list because I, I 
don't think we'd have wing back. Well, I'm sure it would have happened at some point, but all of that kind of development in wing back play and what we enjoy about that kind of exciting wing back play came from his his time um, in the in the Brazilian team and, and bringing that. I think bringing that across to Europe for the 58 World Cup was actually really important in what then developed with particularly Italian play going forward through the 60s, yeah. th- 60s and the 70s. There's a lovely quote um, of his when he was asked about um, looking at modern players and how much money they're earning and that sort of thing. And he said, I was, I've never envied today's players for the money. I only envy the freedom they have to go forward. <laughs> Which I, you know, and he, in the heat, that was his game that, you know, and still he felt that things had progressed more now. And um, so, yeah, he, he makes, he makes my list for that position. I thought, I felt it was important to have someone on the list that was position, a position developer, if that makes sense. And so no, that's, that's why he's made my list. Well, I think that quote is the uh, is the perfect place to finish uh, this little podcast. I think that was very good. Um, we'll be back in uh, in the coming days and weeks to do midfielders and attackers. We should just mention, Dave. We're going to try and put some links to some of these players in the in the Twitter sort of in the um, pod description, aren't we? So if folks want to have a look at some of these players that they might not be so so familiar with, there'll be some links in the in the pod descriptor. Well, there you are, ladies and gents. That's uh, that's even more added information for you. Uh, I'll try and tweet some of those links as well. Um, but yes, thank you for listening. Hopefully, we'll see some of our players playing soon, and uh, and we'll be back, as I say, with a midfielder and an attacker as well. But uh, for now, thank you for listening. <laughs>